Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends contains references to abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, addict, and recovering everything. And this is the Rock Bottom Podcast, where we discuss the white knuckle moments when we thought it was over and how we clawed our way back to sanity and light from the absolute pits of despair. Today, it's big. Huge. Today, I'm introducing you to two of my closest companions, PTSD and CPTSD. Yes, they are closely related, and yes, you can have both at the same time. Though they result in similar side effects, there are some key differences when a C gets added to the PTSD. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. This usually results from witnessing or experiencing a traumatic event. For example, a car crash or an attack. The side effects include severe anxiety, nightmares, intrusive thoughts, avoidance, extreme physical or emotional reactions when you are reminded of the event. It's debilitating, completely exhausting, and often really humiliating. I've been sat on the tube and had memories surreptitiously invite themselves into my mind with zero warning, and I've just started shaking my head like a wet dog trying to get rid of the thoughts. Or I've sat there and literally started shouting at myself, like, oh, fuck, 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 no, 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 fuck you, you fucking talk, oh, fuck, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> it's true. And thank God for the British public who are just great at pretending that things aren't happening. Because that is a bananas thing for anyone to witness on public transport. I usually try and avoid eye contact and vacate pretty quickly. So while PTSD is the product of a single traumatic event, CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, comes from repeated trauma. Imagine you meet a lion in the wild, your amygdala, a sweet little nugget near the base of your brain that kicks into hyperdrive. 
That is where we process our strong emotions. It's essentially our animal brain. It's what triggers the fight, flight, freeze, appease response. So you meet the lion in the wild and your amygdala sets off fireworks in an attempt to protect you. How are you going to face this challenge that is potentially lethal? That's what happens when you meet the lion, when the elephant charges, when the shark circles you. There are a lot of animal analogies when it comes to explaining trauma. In rehab, it was always a bear. (laughs) So that's what sparks PTSD. But what happens when the lion is coming home every night? When the elephant is stood outside your door? When the shark is circling and knows you have WhatsApp and an email address? This means that the amygdala is constantly in hyperdrive. It's always turned on. It's always looking for the nearest source of danger. Everything is frightening and you are constantly in fight, flight, freeze, fawn. That is how I live my life. And that is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. It's important to note again that the side effects of both CPTSD and PTSD are very similar. One does not outweigh the other in pain and impact on daily life. Those who suffer from these disorders live in constant fear. Emotions hit the amygdala way faster than they hit the cortex. The cortex is the human brain, the rational brain, the part of your brain that doesn't make you shout twat at yourself in the middle of Hampstead Heath. (laughs) So if your amygdala is always switched on as a result of extreme trauma, it means that you can have severe and intense reactions to situations that don't really warrant that response. You can't tell what is life-threatening and what is not. So a reaction will often come across as an overreaction to anyone else witnessing the event that doesn't happen to live under the iron fist of the amygdala. This can look like severe panic attacks, an inability to move, self-harm, wild behaviour, reckless behaviour, meaning excessive drinking, drugs, inappropriate or dangerous sex. And remember, there is nothing I'm talking about that I haven't done myself, so do not feel embarrassed or ashamed. When in a triggered state, the resulting behavior will usually fall into one of the big F categories, fight, flight, freeze. Fight, flight or freeze are the most commonly discussed. However, there is a fourth category, a lesser known one, fawn or appease. Fawning being a little more new and a little less recognisable, I've decided to give it its own episode coming next week. Stay tuned. But for now, I'm going to discuss the first three. And to illustrate each of them, I will now take you through the highlights reel of a saga that I like to call, oh fuck, Emily, here it comes. Now, remember, this is my experience relating to my specific trauma. This is not universal, but it gives you an idea. Response number one fight. Now don't be mistaken, this doesn't always mean physical attack. For me, it means being hyper alert. There is a creeping sensation and I always feel it first in the back of my neck. Have you ever been injected with a local anaesthetic? There's a sort of rush of cold that spreads over the area. It feels just like that, but white hot and it literally trickles like liquid down my spine. I start sweating, my breath gets very shallow and my heart starts beating double time. There's a huge surge of adrenaline and a feeling of being kind of weightless. It's the perfect setup for self-harm and reckless behaviour. For me, breakups are prime time for a fight response. Imagine a The Price is Right audience full of different traumas. 
breakup trigger? Come on down, abandonment, abuse, neglect. This is your moment. Cue begging, crying, vomiting. I know, right? The feeling is, if this person leaves me, I am going to die. Like I said, with a trauma disorder, it is often very difficult to differentiate between what is life-threatening and what is not. You are in full animal fight mode, and as far as your amygdala is concerned, what is happening is potentially going to kill you. So how do we survive? Please, 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 please don't leave me. Not again. I've got to fight this. One day I'll invite an ex-boyfriend on and we can really deep dive into this particular episode of the trauma saga. Response number two, flight. The beginning symptoms are very similar. The sweating, the accelerated heart rate, a lot of shaking, dry mouth, nausea, and apparently very dilated pupils. For me, flight results from a different kind of trigger. Usually when it comes to facing something I don't want to, and it's literally what it says on the tin, you scarper in one sense or another, and it can come from something small. I mean, for example, I hate getting phone calls. Honestly, if you try and call me, I would rather throw my phone across the room than answer, and I don't know why. Tax. I just want to pretend it's not happening. Moving the bookcase in front of the massive brown patch that's appearing on the wall. All examples of fleeing the situation. Of course, these are tiny, common reactions to small things, but on a larger note, I can't be near aggression or confrontation. That's what really sparks the symptoms. I will get the fuck out of there as quickly as possible, even if it's nothing to do with me, even if I'm just conflict-adjacent. I just need to get as far away as possible. The other day, I was near an argument, and I found myself hiding under a blanket with my hands over my ears like a child. And this comes from a very deeply wounded place that I will discuss more in future because I'm sure a lot of you listening will be relating quite readily. Number three, freeze. A few months ago, there was an event that indirectly triggered my extreme fear of abandonment. Someone was being a little bit cruel and distant. It wasn't even that big of a deal. And for most people, those devoid of a personality disorder, I envy you, this wouldn't rock them. But I detected a covert threat and I froze. And I mean, literally. I was going somewhere and I needed to get in the shower. The hot water was running and the bathroom was steaming up and I physically could not move. I was rooted to the spot, completely frozen. Freezing is essentially a playing dead response to danger. Completely animal. Disassociation is a very common symptom. This is your brain trying to protect you. Often if you experience a traumatic event, you might have difficulty recalling it. This is a survival mechanism. You are cut off from a situation that might otherwise be intolerable. I was in a very abusive relationship. Again, something I will talk more about in future. And another reason why I find aggression very difficult to be around. But when he attacked me, I remember feeling like it hit me in slow motion. I couldn't respond properly. I couldn't connect to my emotions. Often couldn't feel physical pain until later. And this happened because I couldn't continually handle the distress. This can then become a recurring response, even when the situation is far lower stakes. Now, it might sound small fry, but when you can't gather your thoughts or take action, it's really frightening. Have you ever had one of those dreams where you're trying to stay awake and you can't, or you're trying to run somewhere and you're stuck? It's not the recurring dream we're all after. <laughs> I have had very extreme reactions to things with zero understanding as to why. And I can tell you it is unbelievably scary. And I've been very judged and humiliated as a result. 
I really want us all to have a little more compassion when it comes to these things, because trust me, no one who suffers from a trauma disorder has actively chosen it. It's not a degree we all worked tirelessly for to flash around at dinner parties. If it was, I'd have a double fucking first. It's a genuinely horrifying thing to experience. And to those who judge and bully and talk, how lucky are they that they don't have to deal with it? I mean, they have to deal with being utter cockwombles themselves, but it's not the same thing. In future, I will talk more about exactly why I have these disorders. But for now, if anything I've said sounds somewhat familiar, I hope this has maybe helped a little. The amygdala is a super quick bundle of brilliance. It serves a great purpose and keeps us safe. But I wish it knew it was safe to call in sick every now and then. My amygdala honestly has a more intense security level than the perimeter of Area 51. Threat level, substantial. 24-7. And I'm very, very tired. There are ways to manage CPTSD and PTSD. And I'm going to do a whole other episode on coping mechanisms and being mindful. Not that I claim to be the premier voice, but there are some things that I find helpful that you might as well. As always, take what you want and leave the rest. But for now, in for four, hold for four, out for eight. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. A new episode coming at you every Tuesday. Send your stories or get in touch at contact at whydoyouthink.com. I'll see you soon.